Good afternoon and welcome to this week's What Comes Next Live, coming to you as per normal at Tuesday 5pm UK time. Um, and both of us are in the borough of Croydon this week. My guest this week is the amazing Susanette Mansour, who is, uh, she can tell you her formal title, but she leads uh, a old and very well established uh, charity in Croydon called Croydon Vision. Um, I met, I was introduced to Susanette uh, a few months ago um, and asked to sit in on um, a staff uh, offsite. Um, and I was truly inspired by the people I met and um, the direction she was taking the charity. So uh, we've met a few times since um, to see where I can assist in one or two ways. Uh, but I thought she must be a guest on What Comes Next Live, uh, which is all about inspiring leaders. Um, so having bigged you up enough, um, just to begin with, um, Susanette, uh, welcome, welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Tom. Um, I definitely love the title that I have. It was given to me by our team members because I just find chief exec is just, um, yeah, it's, it's a samey kind of title. So I am called the catalyst um, at work, which is lovely. I love that title. And um, I added it because my why is about transformation. So I say a catalyst for transformation. I'm Suzanette. Um, I was born in Sierra Leone, West Africa. So I'm grateful to have lived um, part of my life in West Africa and more like my young adult life in the UK. So I absolutely love the two worlds in the sense of understanding what life and the perspectives of life and being appreciative of life brings um, in those two two scenarios. So I grew up whereby we had civil war and so I was 15 and um, had to leave everything behind and just to rebuild life again. And so yeah, it brings a lot of perspective when you think about what's going on in Ukraine and a lot of things that we see. And um, yes, it makes you appreciate what you have. And um, I, I've always loved about digging for gold in people, like looking at an individual and being able to work a journey with them and um, seeing something they probably haven't seen themselves and being able to be part of that journey. And hence where my why is all about transforming lives, people to live with intent and purpose. I love the podcast. I've listened to a number of them and um, learned a lot because I am a sponge. I love to learn. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward for us having a conversation and um, learn from each other and also hopefully add value to other people as well. Wonderful. Um, you're absolutely in line with what I love about talking to people is to have some shared learnings and a bit of energy inspiration. So you're a change catalyst. Um, perhaps if we narrow in on something, the charity, you could tell, the, tell us, you can tell us how old the charity is, um, and what it does. Um, and then perhaps talk about your anchor that you have around the heart and mindset piece. Yeah, so Croydon Vision has been going on for 99 years. It's our centenary next year. I wasn't part of it, obviously, um, from birth, from form. And um, it is a 
it when I came there in 2018, a lovely charity, very insular, very much more uh, older people kind of organization, which in many ways, sight loss is predominantly older people. The thing is, there are there were also younger people um, and we wanted to harness and be more inclusive. And so there were some activities for younger people, but it was very much fun activities, that sort of thing. And what we were looking at is how do we tailor a life skill, life you know, transformation, equipping and empowering individuals. And so for the last number of years, we've um, rebranded, re reevaluate what the organization is and having the heart of members being part of that and volunteers as well as staff and trustees and partners which is where I met Tom as well as um, a good friend of ours Gordon who introduced us who will be on the podcast in two weeks time good he did say (laughs) and um, and, um, so we have created this five-step program and it's all about changing perceptions and changing perspective of individuals looking Mm. at themselves and just thinking there isn't life anymore after sight loss and taking them on a journey and saying, well, actually there can be and people getting into employment, being able to challenge the status quo and inclusivity, making sure people feel more community cohesion, uh, you know, community cohesion, being more promotion of it. And, through all that process during pandemic period, listening to various different individuals, my colleagues talking about life and what's happening, I started to ask lots of why questions. I love why. Why is this this way? And the heart of a charity and mindset of a business started to birth. And I didn't have language for it, but I knew there was something that could be harnessed where the, the two walls can marry each other. And, and create a stronger, more enhanced, um, organization. And so for the last year, we've been piloting Heart of a Charity, Mindset of a Business. And it's all about how we harness the heart in how we work together in transforming people's lives, as well as making sure the organization is sustainable for the next hundred years mm-hmm. and bringing those two together. And I need all the help I can with <laughs> people and expertise around me to make it happen. I loved it when I heard that. And when I went to that um, offsite that uh, Gordon asked me to go to because he was away, uh, first of all, it was a really interesting experience for me to sit for the whole day and just listen, all right, because I'm quite used to being at the front of the room in some shape or form. Um, but, I, but I listened to and I met a number of your volunteers, a number of your team, um, stakeholders, and the the – Words that came apart, came up for me was like proud and empowered. And I learned a lot just in that day about what it means to be vision impaired or have sight loss. Yeah. And for example, how many people do not walk around with a white cane and consciously choose not to. Um, and I think there's something you talk about being a catalyst for transformation. The heart of a charity mindset of business, you and I have worked in that a little bit about talking to businesses about partnering. Um, rather than thinking of charitable contributions as being a, a box in the budget that's benevolent and kind, um, there's a, I think a color adjective used around the, the, the pound towards charities and the, the spending power of people with different disabled needs and stuff. And you can, yeah. you can talk about that in a second. 
But I'm just it's, I'm just connecting to the fact that the, the the charity itself to thrive for the next hundred years, like most like many charities, it will be very important to be more business like so it can scale its impact. And we've talked about that, but also that recognition for those business partners who may well fund and finance the charity at, at, at enhanced levels is also linked to the fact that you are there about transforming the lives and the word empower comes up again, which is about empowering the, the vision, you know, the, those with sight loss, those who are vision impaired. Um, and having met several of them and a lot of them are in your different videos and, and things like this. Um, it, it is just quite remarkable um, how people work with the challenges presented by sight loss and and what on that, as you say, five step journey, um, they can move through the different stages to whatever level of empowerment they can achieve and, and whatever works for them as individuals. So, yeah, so. No, certainly. And yes, and you've helped in that, um, uh, Tom, in terms of. Because sometimes you're thinking and there's something birthing and the language might not fully be there. And then I remember I, I, I knew that I don't, we don't want to be an organization and a charity that just goes to a business and say, help us hmm. or um, give us some change. You know, I, to me, it's always about partnership and it's about creating a win-win situation or win-win yeah. threefolds in a sense. And so when you and I were brainstorming afterwards and we're talking and I was like, yeah, that is right. It's about how can we help you? You know, it's a mm. good, good. It's good for businesses nowadays. So how can we work together, but actually make it tangible whereby they're seeing tangible results? Mm. And for me, the five step model is about that. It's about it's about celebrating every step as a win rather than waiting to get to the mountaintop. Right. You know? And and I love that whereby you see someone coming in in despair or wherever they are at and being able to take them through the rebuilding stage and then to redirecting and then upskilling and then applying their skills and then from survival to thriving. So every step mm. is celebrated and that's then it, it the team sees that, the member sees it, the individual sees it, and what businesses who wants to partner with us can see that as well. Mm-hmm. So and when you mentioned about people with sight loss, the lessons I've learned so much with working in the sight loss sector is just the resilience in people. Right. You know, and but that also takes someone being walking alongside them because there are many who could just um kind of come into a state of despair, you know, of yep. there's nothing left for me. Mm. Uh, but when you walk alongside with them and show them examples and templates of others who've done and been there and walk that journey, mm. it's amazing to see what happens. And mm. I'm, I just love it. So there's a, it's particularly resonant for me right now. Um, sorry if I pause for a moment. I lost a close family member yesterday. Um, after quite a long period where they were they're older and they were str- they were struggling with uh, disease, um, but it was actually a very short illness. And it reminds me of the the Elizabeth Kubler Ross model of five stages of grief. Mm. And there are five stages that we work through, um, and it, it is interesting because that first element um, is. You know, and I, I've met some of the, the people and you've talked to me around some more is that 
sometimes sight loss, I mean, it's such a pivotal sense for how we tend to operate as humans in the modern world. And that the word you've used before is despair. And so helping people take each step and celebrate each step is transformative. And at whatever level they, they get, so you move through those stages is the bottom line, the five, five stages in a different way. Um, and then life, you know, just as with grief, life eventually moves on. And people will move on in their own way, and they will have to go through each of those five stages sometimes in several times in different ways. Yeah. Uh, and it's not always linear. It's not always five stages in orderly fashion. Sometimes you go backwards a little bit, and you might get another yeah. moment or two. So having somebody alongside you, whether it's in a stage of grief or whether it's moving through the journey as a human with sight loss, it's very powerful. And the, the piece I was going to ask you to talk about, which links into all of this, is this idea of the purple pound yeah. Um, and what does that mean? And for example, without going to specific businesses, you know, what does it mean in retail? You know, how can, and, and this thing about partnering is not just, can you give us some money as a charity, but how can, how can we, like you said at the very beginning about the podcast, how can we learn from each other? How can we share learnings and, you know, it's. I know you've been doing it for a while now, but I wonder how it's been landing when you have those conversations with businesses and go, we would love your help and we'd like to partner with you and perhaps we can help you and with the Purple Pound. Yes, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Tom. And um, yes, uh, grief can be, it, it has different stages for sure. Um, in relation to the Purple Pound, um it's it's one of those concepts which I wasn't clear aware, and this is one of the things that the more you talk about your vision, the more people will bring in nuggets for you, and then <laughs> you're like, huh, okay, let me go research that a bit more. So I found out about it, and I went and researched, and what it is is, is the amount of uh, missed opportunities by um, businesses due to lack of inaccessible websites or um, physically their shops and places that they that they sell items because disabled people don't go into these um, shops or go on their website because it's inaccessible and for someone right. with sight loss it's even more so and so what we are talking about is saying look we have almost 800 members and family and friends and you are likely missing out on these individuals going into your shops because if your website or your workplace is not accessible for them, not only will they not go, they will also tell their family and friends, their colleagues and their peers at the at, at Scrolling Vision. And so what we want to do is partner with businesses and, and work together with them. Just last week, we had a session with a, with a business of visual awareness workshop. Mm. And the idea of the, the visual awareness workshop is where we can either go into an office space of an, of a business or they come to us. Either way, we're flexible at it and provide a team building exercise whereby they get to brainstorm and discuss what sight loss is about and other disability, a few other disabilities as well. So in essence, it's about becoming more inclusive, more aware. And in, in doing that, we also provide the, the nuggets of what, what's the information that you need to apply this now in your workplace. What are the little tips and tricks of making things accessible? And some can be quick wins. 
some are medium and some are long-term plan, but we walk that journey with the businesses. In turn, we, we create more awareness about site loss in the, in the business world. It also becomes an income stream for the organization and those funds go back into us supporting individuals into employment who are, who have site loss. So again, this is the win, win, win approach. Multiple layers of wins. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, um, the, the idea of putting it, you know, a bit more bluntly in business, there's a business imperative for, for people to, you, this product you've developed of visual awareness workshops can be done online, can be done in person, et cetera. Um, and this doesn't come out of the charity budget. <laughs> this comes out of your marketing and business development budget. This, this is something which develops that. And the, one of the things that occurred to me and I've, I've spoken to you about is that Charities, you know, there is the idea of, um, you know, being local, but thinking and acting bigger than that, thinking maybe global, but maybe national. And there was one national business that is reasonably close to your geographic location that we were talking about. There's a major retailer and they're actually very successful. And one of the things they're known for is that it's quite difficult to find stuff in their stores. They want people to to venture around them and they'll constantly change the merchandising. So if you go in one week after the other, the product that you were looking for last time will be in a different location. Now it's a conscious decision they have to have people discuss, like I'm the kind of, okay, I'm going to be a bit gender biased here. I'm the kind of man who purchases. I don't shop. I walk in. If it's not on the list, I'll never find it. Right. But if I go into that shop, I'll end up finding other things because they're deliberately targeting people like me who will like, oh, I bumped into that trying to find the other thing. And if you imagine you did went into them, I'm just brainstorming for a moment and you did an experiential workshop in person and you explained to them where three products were and then you put blindfolds on people. Yeah. And then before they got to go and find those products and say, oh, it's, it's quite simple. It's six steps forward and two steps to the left. And there it is. And they go there, they pick up the product and it's a different product. And you go, that's what it's like going to your store every week. Um, and then the quick win for them could be as simple as they deliberately have people in those stores walking the aisles so that people ask them questions and they can direct them to things and maybe say, have you thought about this? Well, if those people have visual awareness training, yeah. The second somebody comes in who may not have a guide dog or a white cane and, and says, I'm visually impaired, I have sight loss, um, I need to find ABC product. And they go, ah, I, I'm trained on that or my colleague is and they can, I can bring them to see you. So I'm just, I'm just talking it through a little bit, but it's like, it's where this stuff is recognizing. It's also must, it, I imagine it's quite empowering for either the person delivering the workshop um, yeah. from your, you know, your community of people with visual impairment um, and just anybody in there knowing you're partnering with such and such a retail company to know, oh, they're seeing that we that we are not on the periphery of society. You know, we have spending power. We have a purple pound and we're, we're relevant. We're, we we are to use this sort of it just is the word that comes to me. Use their scene. Yes, yes, which is the right word actually. Seen. Um, yeah, and um and I think the other parts to it as well is whereby 
a lot of times we get the the um, feedback from our members, which are you know service users, that businesses because they don't understand much about site loss, they will constructively dismiss someone out of work mm. because that individual is not performing the way they obviously expect them to perform. What they don't know is that what sort of probing questions that could be asked to mm. understand the individual more, as well as what uh, what adaptable technology that right. can be used and that person can perfectly do their work or even more. I mean, the individual who does our visual awareness workshop, her name's Odette, brilliant, we call yeah. her community dynamo. She's she's visually impaired. Yeah. Yet she was at Central London um, last week doing a visual awareness workshop and the feedback has been great, you know. And so they're more than capable of doing the work. It's just that they just need they need support in terms of enhancing and supporting their work. And also sometimes they need support worker. And what we want to do is really highlight that and create a level of awareness for businesses. So they're aware that you don't have to move someone from one post to the next just because they're visually impaired it might be sometimes that it it might be required but you can adapt and they you don't have to lose the individual or that skill set or the experience they can bring into that business which can enrich it further you know and um the notion of just oh they they're not performing and so they've got to go Mm -hmm. It, it's more saying to businesses today, you know, do talk to us because we can assist in that. We can come in and we can support and we can assess and work with that individual to enable them to have the materials and equipment that they need. Because sometimes they don't even know themselves. They they are at the stage where they haven't yet acknowledged. Mm. They haven't acknowledged sight loss. Mm. They're still kind of saying, no, 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 it's just the day. My eyes are still okay. It's, you know, it's the lighting or it's this. Mm. They haven't reached a place to acknowledge that they have sight loss. And we can help that business to support that individual and wow. them not losing their, their work and you not losing that vital skill that they have. Yeah. I remember at that away day a number of months ago that at the table, the round table I was sat at, Adette was at that table. Yeah. She is a firebrand. She is your community dynamo. She's full of energy. And at this sort of table conversations, I learned an awful lot. Now there are different, and my level of awareness around sight loss is very low. And I learned so much in the first half day, including like watch looking, oh, look at the aids that some of the people have, including Odette to help them read things with big magnification and stuff like this and lights, etc. Um, but also then I sat down, went and sat down at lunch opposite two people. And, and one of them was clearly had, had sight loss, but I didn't realize that they were almost fully uh, blind, right? They had they no awareness of sitting in front of them, right? Mm-hmm. But I'd learned enough in the day that when we were all going back to the tables, they had a bag and they had a jacket and this kind of thing, and they had to maneuver their way back to their seat. And we, by this time we've been talking and instead of saying, let me help you with that, I said, would you like my help with that? And what would you, and then they said, yes. I said, what would you like help with? Yeah. Um, cause I'd learned in the morning that that's a much more empowering way of handling it. You're not making them a 
forgive the old phrase, charity case. You're actually empowering them to make their choices as to what level of support they need. Um, and, you know, I just came away from that day. I mean, I was in the middle of chemotherapy. Right? I was, you know, it wasn't a bad day for me, I was, but I was exhausted afterwards. But I had this weird feeling of both being um, exhausted and super energized at the same time. And so I, I find myself on this conversation just sharing a lot for the audience of things that I had learned. And it, this reminds me of a mentor I had years ago who used to sign off every email with the line, awareness is the greatest agent for change. Mm. And, and this both resonates for me for the people at the early stages of your five stage process where they're not either fully aware or admitting to the awareness that they have sight loss, but also for people like bluntly like me who would like feel fairly accomplished in business and go, I just, this is not my community. I, I've not, not fully understood it. So, so first of all, just kudos to you and the whole community and organization for the changes you are creating but also in a space of leadership um, for you, know, you being having, I, I sat on the train on the way back from a meeting in London today, talking to a six-year-old about prime numbers with, with his mother, I hasten to add, and just remembering that, and his three-year-old sister was there. And just remembering there was nothing like a three-year-old for asking why. And I love the fact that you're a few years older than three and you ask why a lot uh, and you're a sponge. Uh, but within that, it's your it, that you 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 as that catalyst for transformation that comes from asking questions and how can we do what what can we really do how can we do this why why are we doing it this way and um and just yeah I think you're you're, you're you I did say at the beginning you're, in, you're pretty inspirational um, human being and uh, it's it's my favorite um, visual for business is a, what's called a virtuous circle where the the arrows just go around in a circle. And at the top, it says inspire. And at the bottom, it says be inspired. So I imagine being the catalyst for transformation for Croydon Vision is both a matter of inspiring others and being inspired by them. And then I guess my challenge to you is, which I've talked to you about before, but it's also for the audience, is where, who else can you help and who else can you learn from outside of Croydon and outside of vision impairment and, you know, I think a lot of leaders and a lot of uh, charities and other businesses could talk to you and um, learn first about vision impairment. Secondly, about being a charity with the heart of a charity and mindset of a business. And third, just if they're the kind of people who ask a lot of questions, they're the kind of people that uh, would probably benefit from a conversation with Susanette. So. Thank you, Tom. I will, I always say this that, you know, I sit on the shoulders of many giants. Um, there are many people in my life who have enriched my life and, and helped me grow. And I suppose fundamentally all of this comes to growth and growth starts from within yourself. And so I'm, I love growth and I've always been a bookworm. When I was young, very, well, I'm still young. When I was little, <laughs> when I was little, I used to just sit um, under a tree and read books. Um, and I've always been that way. I love books, as you can see behind my. From the, for, for the benefit of the podcast audience and those who may have this video and be visually impaired, she's sitting in front of a bookcase full of books. 
Yes. Um, so I love books. And I, it's one of the questions I always ask. I was at a conference a few weeks ago and um, loved the, 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 the um, speaker. And later on, everyone was rushing to one side to go have a conversation. I literally went to him and I was like, OK, so I've got some questions. Can I have five minutes of your time? And um, and the conversation went longer than five minutes. So I've, I'm always, you know, and I even yourself, Tom, um, just learning. I love to learn. I love to have meaningful conversations with intent. So for me, and that's my purpose, which I'm grateful that I that I I know it and I'm walking in it and I love it. I love what I do. Um, I really have a passion to work with um, charitable organizations and businesses to blend to to bridge the gap of those two worlds because mm. in many ways it feels like there's this whole gap and one feels they're helping the other and one feels they're asking the other rather than a blended approach mm. and so the vision I have is is working with both worlds and bringing you know kind of bring bridging more of the gap by working with others as well, yourselves and, and you know, and many others that I work with and um, getting orga- voluntary organizations to understand that you got to change your A game, like the world of just because I'm a charity, help me out. It, it, you need to rethink that. And, and because it is a business, whether you want to say it boldly or not, it is a business. It's transactional. And so, that's my that's that's my vision is to work with voluntary organizations and, and look at how to become more su- sustainable uh-huh. but by asking those questions. What we're doing today, is it still relevant? What do we need to keep, stop or start doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and then start a, a conversation that will bring voices out and sometimes the voices that you hear the loudest are generally not you know they, uh-huh. they, they're good but you want to hear from others and so when I talked at the beginning I love to dig for gold I just love sometimes to just sit down and listen um and the, it's amazing the nuggets you get I mean that away day the amount of things uh-huh. that came out of that day I was buzzed so much. I had, you know, I had pain with with my with um an ankle injury that I was um, recovering from. Intellectually, though, I was buzzing, and the pain was just like whatever. Let let's just carry on on this, you know. So it was really good, and so um and working with businesses as well, challenging their status quo, but most importantly. Being creating awareness, awareness that they may not have because that world of corporate has always been about bottom line and everything that relates to that mm-hmm. rather than a blended approach of having meaning in life, mm-hmm. meaning of why you do what you do and feeling enriched every day by doing it. Yep. Um, perfect. So I have this model that I call open leadership which has four attributes, which really sit in two pairs. The first pair of attributes are to be brave and hungry as a leader, which on their own in, say, the business world could have toxic ramifications. But the second pair are to be open and humble. And another word around that is curious, like there's always more to learn. And linked to that, some blogs I've been writing on Daily Post recently um, linked to a thought I 
that I've really articulated more in recent years is I've never believed in coincidence. Yeah. I believe that you create space for serendipities to occur. So you've just talked about the shoulders of giants and the many people you've learned from, all of whom I imagine, just like I feel, you've taught things to. Um, but it's not a coincidence that you end up again and again being introduced to or meeting people that you that you get buzzed by, whether it's within Croydon Vision or other people you talk to, because you create space for serendipities by being curious. And I think if there's one lesson I'd like to leave people for that I take from talking to you for half an hour is that um, be be open, be curious, be humble. And it won't be luck when you start meeting people in business and life um, that are the right people for you to talk to. Definitely, definitely. And your environment is so important for that. Association is key in everything in life, you know. Um, So, yeah, definitely. And curiosity, yes. I was always a curious child. And it's it's interesting because when I was young, when I was a child, I'll say that, not younger. When I was a child, um, asking questions was almost not um, encouraged as much. And so in some ways it deemed my curiosity and I relearned and redeveloped that and go like, actually, yeah, I do want to ask. I do want to know. And it's to learn. So there's always an intent as to being curious. It's to learn. It's to how can I then use that and add value into someone else's life? You know, and um, yes. So I love that. And and brave and hungry. Yeah, Um, definitely. I mean, in this world and age, boldness, I love. Yeah, you've got to have the courage and you can test, you fail, learn, grow from it. Perfect. So what would your what what closing thoughts do you have for our audience? So we were talking today, uh, my team and I were talking today. uh, We did a book club because that's something we we love to do to learn again, the learning part to myself, and we, they introduced a new book, and conversation came into it, and we're talking about a new kind of diversity, generational uh-huh. diversity, uh-huh. and we're just kind of exploring what that means, and having in society today where you can have five different generations working in the same place, uh-huh. what does that mean, and how you can harness that, and I love that conversation. I don't know, have you heard about it? Yes. Yeah, uh, totally. I'm involved with looking at the third age and what does that mean for people 50, 60, 70 plus and what do they have to bring? So I think it's it's actually wonderful that with the utter lack of diversity in a lot of areas we've experienced in our lives, the, at least the awareness that things like racial diversity and sexuality diversity and other things are now uh, forefront. It's fantastic because now the circles are rippling. And we look at things like generational diversity. So yeah, that's a great topic for people to look at, isn't it? That's what that's today's thought from Susanette. That it is today's thought and how we harness it um, and, and be more aware of the different dynamics that involves in it, the highs and the lows. <laughs> and learning the in-betweens of it, yes. Perfect. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being being the guest on the show today. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, listeners, for having me. Thank you very much. Okay, goodbye.